Well, I've always wanted a cornhole, a blind chick. It's May 18th, 2022, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 98, saying, Peekaboo, how you doing? I'm Mabel Kirby. And increasing my bust, I'm Cold Acid. <laughs> I must. I must increase my bust. Now, I don't, I don't understand how that was a Russian song. Is that a Russian song? I thought you were going to That wasn't Russian. a Russian song. The Russian songs were all up front. Uh, I see. Yes, there we go. No, the Russian, the Russian songs were all up front, except for Rasputin, which I screwed up on. Now, what was that you opened? <laughs> oh, that was uh, Youngling, as I call it, uh, just the cheap beer. Ah, uh, the, uh, the Chinese beer. Tastes as cheap as, uh, it's actually not Chinese. It's made in Pennsylvania, I believe. Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Yeah, but the brand is Chinese. Youngling is a Chinese beer brand, hmm, okay. isn't it? Uh, I don't think. I think it's DG Youngling and Son, Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania, since, uh... How is it spelt? Y-U-E-N-G-L-I-N-G, in cursive. I don't know if the cursive part's okay. important. <laughs> you can look that up. I think it's just an old brewery. Uh, I'd be surprised if it was Chinese. Apparently, according to the chat, it is America's oldest brand. Yeah. It's also huh. the cheapest one in the, in the gas station down the road, which is kind of cool. Um, the gas local, station beer. The local gas station here is modeled after a boat. It has a very nautical theme to it. Like when you walk inside, the doors are like half of a, uh, the big, what's the big steering wheel on a boat? <laughs> the helm. And it's called the Friendship is the name of it. The gas station. Yeah, it's called Friendship and, and it's styled after a boat. Get it? <laughs> dude dumb. you know what you need to do you need to you need to take some pictures for for putting in the notes next show because these, this place sounds fucking amazing these people already recognize me because it's right next to where i live you know so i don't know how they feel they think i'm even weirder if i walked in and started doing a photo shoot but hey maybe i will <laughs> what'd you just do it sounds it sounds like a tourist trap what'd you, what'd I, you open? I opened a fruit punch haritos <laughs> haritos we still don't have a jingle Oh, man, if only someone could make jingles around here. <laughs> yeah, if only. Yeah. I wonder who could do that. Hmm. Oh, man. There's Think been, emoji. <laughs> there's been so much going on here since I, well, it started over a week ago. You know, I was on travel, and when I got back, immediately got sucked up into the next thing, and uh, I haven't had a day off for a whole week since, like, I worked all day, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and I was working the weekend before that, and, okay. So I think the the hard part's over <laughs> for now, and uh, I'm going to be picking up some more stuff. I should. Be... I don't know. I don't know. I think there's going to be a hard part later on in this episode. Oh, there's maybe gonna be, a couple. There's going to be some hard, hard, difficult topics to digest here. I promise. Uh, maybe hard. I don't, yeah, I, me. I'm not too sure about the digest, but there. But we're certainly going to be tasting something. It's going to be. Oh, you saw my notes then. <laughs> Yes, yes, I did. Uh, yes, of course, of course. I'm a lover of standards, so uh, uh, we'll we'll get to that test that test project uh, when we get to it. Uh, you want to kick it off with one thing, or do you want to go straight to uh, pre-stream boosts? Oh, uh, let's kick it off. I saw that you have a list of holidays and observances for May 18, so let's do that, and then we will celebrate the 
not anniversary of our donations. <laughs> All right, so we have a couple of observances today. I, I looked to see uh, what was special about today. And, uh, of course, this is from holidays-and-observances.com. Uh, so the, take that with a grain of salt. They list basically anything. But the today is the esteemed I Love Reese's Day. Yum! <laughs> Yum. So you can eat... Uh, Chocolate with bad tasting peanut butter inside and uh, celebrate today, I guess. If you love Reese's, this is your day. We also have send an electronic greeting card day, which sounds so 90s. Dude, that is like the worst holiday ever. I know. I don't even like getting email. Why would I want to get an electronic greeting card that's even worse? Right? I like the I like the cards that I get from my mom, but they're not greeting cards, and she actually hand assembles them. Oh yeah, yeah. So, she she does that crafty stuff. Ooh, that's nice. I like a yeah, good. It's I pretty like a, cool. I like a good cardstock card. Uh, I can the, al I can always tell when when she's mailing me a card because there will be this little envelope that's like a quarter inch thick. <laughs> yeah, it's a big fat one. Oh yeah, fat mom's fat card, Ch chunky, chunky envelope. Yes, um, there is an interesting holiday here. This one I think is up for interpretation. It's called Turn Inside, Turn Beauty Inside Out Day. Now, this sounds like a serial killer kind of holiday, if you ask me. Your guts are pretty. We're, well, you're pretty. Let's turn it inside out. You know, this is like, let's take, what's something that's pretty? Let's take a flower and cut it in half and fold it inside out. That's what it means to me. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's, that's, uh, yeah, creepy. It's just but hey, it's also, it's also uh, World's Aid Vaccine Day. Now, there's two of those, actually. There's two observances with AIDS, if you look at the list. Uh, one yeah, is, the other is HIV Vaccine Awareness Day. So... There you go. Go get your HIV shot, I guess. I, I like Serpent's suggestion. Maybe Turn Beauty Inside Out Day is actually National Yandere Day. <laughs> uh, could be. Could be. Um, to cap it all off, though, we have um, an observance that actually lasts for the whole week. It is currently National Unicycle Week. Ooh. So take that for uh, what it is. I don't. I cannot drive a unicycle, by the way. Uh, I, Neither can I, I. I think it's impressive you, when people can. Yeah. I just don't have the license. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself one of those. Um, let's go into the pre-show boost stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's let's do that before I before I say anything else stupid because we got to give these people a chance. So we got. Two different, uh, two different through CurioCaster 1111 sat uh, donations on Saturday morning. Uh, both of them anonymous. They could be from the same person. They could be from different people. They're four seconds apart. It is a mystery. I do like the sats on Saturday bit. That's a good one. Someone's got to use that. Yeah, that is, that is pretty cool. We also got from uh, from your musical friend, Sign of New Signs of New Growth, thirty three thirty three sats on Sunday morning. That was for the Trippin' on Nugs episode, which was yes, our... yes, it was. Oh my! In fact, God. almost all of these are for Trippin' on Nugs. Yes, is that we the, uh... got? I'm I'm going to save our executive producer for last. 
we got 6666 sets uh, before the show, uh, thanks to the pre-show, and this was from Lavish, and he said, take apart my TV Bjork. <laughs> Bjork? And he did not spell Bjork the way that it's actually spelt. He did B-Y-O with the hat R-K, where she's actually spelt B-J-O with a umlauts R-K. Yes. Uh, umlaut is not a hat. So no, it is not. We have uh, there's an old video of Bjork uh, discussing how televisions work. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't, and I suppose that is what Lavish is referencing. Yes, it's a it's a cool video. She has a interesting philosophy uh, when she approaches it, and it's uh, I'd say it's interesting to to watch her dissect the TV and try and figure out what's going on with it. It's good. It's on YouTube. Go check yeah. it out. Next up, we got ninety eight ninety eight sats from Carolyn Blaney. Uh-huh. And she she sent in the message, episode 98 of Rare Encounter, that's so hot. I love it. Break a leg. Your executive producer, Carolyn Blaney. I'm sad to say, Carolyn, that your message is wrong. You are not tonight's executive producer. Aw. You got scooped. Scooped like because Yeah, because five minutes before the show, we got a boost of 16,969 sats from the Mothman of the Maniacalypse, Booberry himself, with the message, Boosted in the Old Apartment. Boosted making in him, the Old Apartment. Yep, making him our executive producer for tonight. Yes, Boostbury. Boosting the sats and boosting the Old Apartment. And did you call him the Mothman of the Mayoocalypse? Miniocalypse. Miniocalypse. Oh, dear. Have you not seen him use that term before? No, but it sounded like you said mayo. I I know the, oh. the title. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, no, th- no, I didn't say mayo. This isn't Nick the Rat. This is Rear Encounter. I just try to imagine what a mayo apocalypse is. It sounds nasty. Ugh. It yeah, sounds like... it. There'd be a lot of gooey white stuff flying around. That's for sure. <laughs> Jeez. Well, thanks, everyone, for boosting the show before the show. Uh, of course, Boobery and, of course, Carolyn uh, and Lavish. Uh, we uh, we appreciate your boost also, uh, and this is your official acknowledgement uh, that you boosted before the show. And uh, Carolyn especially uh, just got scooped, and I hate getting scooped myself, so I understand how it feels. And signs of new growth, I just sent them a message on uh, podcastindex.social. Uh, my, my absence from social media and from uh, the community... As, I don't know if anyone's noted it or not, but I really haven't been online or do it, done anything in the last basically two weeks. So um, I, I do was, owe them it some wasn't stuff. Really no, it wasn't really that noticeable until after our episode last week with how long it took for the episode to actually get posted. Yeah, thanks. Uh, people people were coming to me. They they thought you were dead or something. <laughs> no. Well, but no, it was just the laptop that was dead. It was just... So, yeah, let me tell you the continuation of the tale after the last episode i was gonna sit on it for a second because i had to go pass out and i said well i'm just gonna pop it on in the morning i know i have some time before uh before i have to hit the flight and everything and anyway uh i in a in a momentary lapse of reason i turned off the laptop thinking that well you know the risk is over i'll just turn it off and i and you know the the episode data is saved anyway and then when I woke up and I said, okay, I got like two hours, I'm going to produce the show and push it out, it didn't turn on. I went back to the same loop. 
Okay, and I've been I went troubleshooting it. I actually got back on the flight. I flew back to Ohio here and took care of some stuff. I got back into the studio and assembled the episode and actually pushed it out. I think that was on Friday. It was like a whole day, a couple days later than it should have been. And my God, the audio sucked. I felt really bad on that last episode. I wouldn't have let it go other, but there's no other thing to do, right? Uh, my- uh, you know, you know, I, I, I heard you. I heard you Thursday morning. I heard what you said. Oh no, <laughs> that was me. The laptop, though, is, uh, I think it's going to be completely dead. There is something wrong with the hardware there. It is not a Windows problem, I've determined. Um, and I've done a lot of troubleshooting, including hardware troubleshooting on it. And uh, it's at the point where I can detect that the disk is there, but the um, under certain conditions, the BIOS doesn't see it. And it's yeah, not uh, like a when, TPM when you thing. Mentioned, when you mentioned the BIOS last week, I I realized right then and there... That laptop was on its last legs. And it was its first legs, too, because it's supposed to be brand new. So this is a Hewlett-Packard laptop. Uh, I don't remember the name off the top of my head. I already started the return process in Amazon. And, you know, to verify that things were really fucked up, what I did do is I actually took the the hard, the um, the, it's a solid-state drive. I actually pulled it out and verified it disappeared using a Linux um, boot. And, and after I could get it up, I could say, okay, it really is in there. It's really not in there. And it's I can consistently test that it's not actually a problem with the disc or like a broken ribbon cable or something like that. There's something seriously wrong with this that's not um, specific to an operating system. So I have to pull back my critique of Windows a little bit and actually blame Hewlett Packard. So this one's going to be dropped and drop return to Amazon. And I'm going to get another kind of I gotta get another laptop for my remote because I'm gonna be traveling again soon. But the um, so there, so there you go, Hewlett Packard, good if overpriced printers, shitty computers. Yeah, it's not a not a good experience for me. The last thing I have to do is I have to get back in there. I gotta get it to. Um, I can boot from USB, but that doesn't. I need to get it booted from USB with a Linux distro that. In, in a way, again, that I can actually see the storage media attached so that I can basically zeroize it or shred it or I don't know what the terminology is these days. Um, because even though it's encrypted allegedly by Windows, I don't really trust it. And I have like my password manager is on there and some other things uh, from work that I don't want to return to Amazon. So that's the last trick before I can drop it. And I have the original package, so it shouldn't be too bad. I just got to get it. Uh, in a state where I'm comfortable sending it back, and and I'm not uh I'm not giving away I'm not giving away my password uh, file there, so we'll uh, yeah. What you want is called DBAN. DBAN. Derek's boot and nuke. Yeah, I think that's what I need. DBAN. Now that you say that, I've heard of it before. Um, so that'll be happening soon. I got the print uh, the sticker to stick on it, and uh, it's just a matter of doing it. The good news is I'll have time to do it in the coming days, so it should be good. Well, how have you been, Cold? How, how have you been in the last couple of weeks? We haven't really talked. Uh, I've been busy. I've been busy uh, between work and then I took I took a very long weekend. I was off on Friday and I was off on Monday. Uh, Friday because Toe Jam was happening again this year and Monday to recover from it. Oh, geez. So, wait, you did Toe Jam? Again, yep. <sighs> I, I wish I Made a game there. again. I wish I could have been there. I, I really wanted to do it this year. I just didn't. It, it wasn't going to happen, but I wish I could have. It was remote again, so 
It's not like it's not like you had to be here yeah. or anything. All right. So what was your game? I know nothing. You got to tell me. Our game was Rod One Out. <laughs> what? Rod One Out. Rod One Out. Is that like what yes. you do uh, when you when you go home and, and there's uh, and there's an hour before you have to go to bed? You rod one out. No, no. Uh, the theme the theme for this year uh, for Toe Jam 2022 was uh, was like this shouldn't be here. Was the was the phrase we were given as the theme to incorporate in our games, and so. Because because one of the things that you always have to have in a Toe Jam project is a goat on a pole. We separated the goat in the pole, and <laughs> so odd one out, rod one out, because we were doing a match two game where there's an odd number of uh, of cards to flip. <laughs> I'm looking at your page. I see it. Uh... And it starts with the descriptions. I'm going to read it for everyone who's listening. It says, William H. Forsyth Goat has lost his pole. Help him sort through the clutter in his barn so that he can once again tower over the others as he so deserves. Jeez. <laughs> was uh, was Gwyff in, involved in this or, or are you just borrowing No, his he name? wasn't. <laughs> Honestly, like, maybe, maybe he's part of the reason for the name, but it's just something that popped into my head. <laughs> Maybe it's it could be. It could very well could be Gwyff's fault. I guess it's his brother, William H. Forsyth, the goat. <laughs> oh man! Hey, did you hear we got a shout out from him? Yeah, we did. Uh, on the uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was him. It was the end of show mix. The best podcast in the universe. Oh, I... Did you hear that one? They mentioned Rare Encounter. No, among... I didn't. Ah, uh, you gotta go listen to it. It was at the end of the last. Um, no agenda and they had yeah because i was i was busy jamming <laughs> okay okay forgiven forgiven but you've got to go check it out because the uh the mix has a list of all the different podcasts on the uh, no agenda stream and so there's a brief like quarter second mention where he goes rare he sings about rare encounter you gotta go listen to it it's nice. great everyone, I, i'm gonna have to go listen to it everyone needs to go listen to that one it's at the end of no agenda uh and maybe we can find a link directly to it with one of these clip utilities. That would be great. But it's a great catchy song too. I was I was impressed. Um, the guy sure can write a hook. I'll tell you that. I'll have to go listen to it. Yeah, it's, it's there were there were a good. bunch of other good projects though. I mean, like uh, Zolman and I have been continuing to work on it, and and so we're doing one more release tomorrow evening. So that way. Like what generally happens is they do um, what they're calling a minicade, where games that were developed and released on time uh, during and during the jam would be played by the organizers on the official Toronto Game Jam Twitch channel. Hmm. And so we're we're doing a little bit of spit and polish, you know, getting it, uh, getting in an even better state than, uh, than what we released Sunday night. And, uh, but there's a bunch of other fun games that we saw, like stab several skeletons where you go around, uh, uh, attacking skeletons and skulls bouncing around with a sword. And there's kitchen hell, where you need to find all the things that don't belong in the kitchen and throw them in a bin in the other room within a certain amount of time. 
and with the sort of controls that you'd expect from like what's it surgeon simulator or whatever it's called <laughs> oh where you have the uh the really like quappy controls does it do you know what i mean when i say quappy controls yes i know exactly <laughs> what you mean when because there was another there was another game that was made at a past uh, toe jam that is now available that is now like a sold game uh on steam uh called uh mount your friends yes where, I've, I've heard yes. of that one too. yes I've, I've brought this one up before yeah <laughs> yes mount your friends but ask him nicely first no describe yeah. describe mount your friends i think it'll be fun to hear you describe it mount your friends is a game where you quap your way up to up a tower climbing ever higher than before to get as to get as high as you can with all your friends Within a certain, so you get a certain amount of time to climb and to climb up the other people, all and get to and set a new record for height. And well, let's just put it this way: there are dick physics in this game. Yeah, well, you're missing out the uh, you're missing the most important aspect of mount your friends. I thought that was the dick physics. Well, that's it. You kind of uh, you kind of bury the lead on that one. <laughs> There's also a 3D version of it now. Mount your friends 3D. A, a hard man is good to climb. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Carolyn Blaney has asked, "What is what is a quap? Quap was a was a kind of one trick pony kind of challenge game where what you do is you play as it's like a runner in a race, but the controls that you play the game with are Q, W, O, and P, which is what the uh, the uh, name is derived from. And it's, I think it's like the Q and W keys control the left leg and the O and P keys control the right leg or something like that. No, Q and O can control one leg, W and P control the others, uh, yeah, and it's... it's the thighs and the calves. Yeah, so... Q, W for the thighs, O, P for the calves. The, the idea is that you have to... Quap by typing these keys in just the right time so that your you know your your legs when when your foot hits the ground that you're pushing off it and then uh it comes off the ground and then the next leg comes up at just the right time depending on how fast you're running and anyway the game is famous for two things one being incredibly hard to play and two for the the character that you control just looking retarded <laughs> like he's always because it's so difficult to just figure it out it's hilarious to watch new players try and learn how to play it because they always end up like doing a split or something like that or like bouncing forward on uh on you know uh the with these absurd postures and i think at the height of quap fame i did see a quap cosplayer at, oh uh, god i did see a quap cosplayer once where it was a guy dressed up as the quap um character and he was out in the middle of a parking lot just like you he looked like he was in the game you know he's basically doing those stupid moves that you end up doing so i, I can't describe it it's a visual gag but it was hilarious a serpent just said i just played it for the first time in 11 years and went backwards <laughs> that's a challenge <laughs> yes quap is a very difficult uh serpent why don't you put if you have that put a link in the uh in the he, chat he put a link in the chat and we're gonna put it in the show notes oh i see it now quap yeah yes 
Another 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 game that uh, that was uh, really neat to see immediately after is one of the ones that was released uh, before the ending ceremonies, like our own, Claw and Win, which is a game where you are a cat inside a claw machine, and you must defeat the claws that are coming to grab the toys in there oh because my. you're a cat and they're your toys, obviously. Yes. The claw. I guess they didn't like the claw as much <laughs> yeah. as those little aliens. The claw chooses who in, goes and who stays. In in fact, somebody actually posted posted a picture from that scene of <laughs> Toy Story in the in the Discord for Toe Jam when the game was being discussed. Yes. So, yeah, you're not the only one to make that connection. <laughs> Can we just another one? Oh, go ahead. Go another ahead. one is this. This there's this one guy who's who for the last few years has been creating games for the Commodore Pet uh, at each Toe Jam, and this year he did a Star a Star Trek game where you control the Enterprise and you have to fight off the Klingons. <laughs> that sounds pretty uh, pretty straightforward. I love it. Yeah. He's done some other. He's done some other neat stuff. He he did he did a pet defender. He did lemmings. Uh, he did portal. He made he made petski portal, which is portal but with the with the with the petski character set on the Commodore pet. What's the petski character set? It's a it's a character it's a character set that was used on Commodore's eight bit computers that made it a lot easier to do graphics because a lot of a lot of the characters like outside of the ascii range the regular ascii range mm -hmm. were essentially designed to be graphic stand-ins so that you wouldn't need uh to use like the like address every pixel addressable mode right because I mean, when you've only got when you've when you can only access sixty four k of RAM, when you eat when you have a system that even has that much, because I mean, originally the pets shipped with sixteen kilobytes, and even and the Vic twenty only shipped with eight, right? Mm -hmm. Then you'd need you'd need like a character set where you could do these sort of visual tricks. Yeah, I, I recognize this. So this is, I, I just looked up a picture of Petski. So it's like ASCII, but it's Petski. And I, I've seen graphics made with this, like old computer graphics where the font itself defines borders and frames. And, you know, like maybe you have a character moving around and there's dirt or a surface that you're walking on. And those, they're, they're made out of these like angle pieces and side pieces and uh, different shading modes where it's either, you know... Uh, diagonal shading or checkerboard shading and things like that yeah i've seen this I, I recognize it now a lot of good games had that like we're talking old games you'd see that yeah and cool. in fact like if you go if you go to girls.c64.org there are some actual pictures where you can tell they were done this style right where it wasn't all it wasn't like all pixels addressable. It was done with uh, Petsky art. Now, I would suggest that unless you're 18 or older, you shouldn't visit that particular site because it is literally a site for pornography, 
made and viewable on Commodore 64 computers. Yes, I am looking at ASCII port. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is great. Oh, wow. So th these are synthesized from, I'm presuming, scans of dirty magazines that have been processed by some program that... that uh, Maybe some the of them, but no, most most of them, most of them were actually done like pixel by pixel by artists of the era. I'm looking right? at they weren't. I'm looking at process. There are some that are here. obvious that were obvious like photographs that were ported over, but there's plenty of them where like it was it was like art that was just created. Like there's some fantasy pinups that obviously that were obviously like drawn on the computer there's some other art where where it's kind of comical that it was done on the computer only and yeah there are there are a few but they're in the minority where it's yes i'm taking a picture that exists and i'm just turning it into 16 or 8 or 4 color uh, all pixels addressable porn it's uh, so, some of that processing is more difficult than you might realize. Just <laughs> the dithering and the uh, the range reduction and everything that you have to do to make it work. When you're even able to uh, do that, because obviously dithering is not really a thing when you're doing uh, Petsky art. Mm -hmm. The uh, my problem with this is I get bored after a couple minutes. <laughs> All right, let's well, see. Well, I mean, aside from demos, yeah. games artwork yeah i see it's a, it's kind of a fun thing to look at it barbarian is. 2 porno <laughs> what is this i prefer this one since barbarian and barbarian 2 were actual were actual games from the 80s that were on various platforms including the amiga and yeah looking at looking at the art for them it's not that surprising that people would make pornography pictures based on the games. So there's a commentary, there's a comment on this on this website, and it's from Barbarian 2. Uh, this uh, poster says, I prefer this one since the male is in the nude as well. Hard choice between these two, no? Winky face. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. This is a... Uh, this is in the league of, like, strip Majan games uh, in terms of uh, being fun... <laughs> like just a fun thing to have uh, the, ne to the to. next game the next game big mama tit attack tit attack pussy attack oh dear i see one okay here's what i see i see uh some animations that are cribbed from the opening of ronma one half and uh rendered with different colored characters i guess they're <laughs> they're palette swaps on uh ronma one half characters uh dancing okay sure yeah Wow, I'm not going to read that one. Okay, let's close that. I've had enough for today. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll stick that in the in the show notes as well for anybody who needs the porn fix, like you know, Sir Bemrose. <laughs> Sir Bemrose, yes. Um, well, he even said he's always down for porn, even if you have to squint. Well, uh, Sir Bemrose had his Angry Tech News episode 34 finally out. Quarter yes, and on a Tuesday, no less. Quarterly incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to go check that out at angry is oh god angrytechnews.com is the address i believe um we had a couple other podcasts to shout out here uh hog story heather episode 292 with the uh sauce the course is the title of that with uh carolyn blaney and also fletcher 
and uh, Fletcher also showed up in a different place uh, this weekend. I was listening to Bowl After Bowl, and they had a Bowls with Buds with Sir Rev Cybertrucker. That was episode 160. And, of course, Sir Rev Cybertrucker does the Metal Moment segment on Bowl After Bowl. But this this episode isn't just Metal Moment segment. This is an actual interview, and he's talking about his career and uh, tips and tricks for (laughs) driving trucks. But uh, in the middle of it, uh, Fletcher sent in a just banging uh intro for the metal moment segment where <laughs> he's stewing the the death yell cat i don't know what the thing's called you know the uh the metal yelling vocals inside a inside a ripping track so that was great to hear uh they had an episode bowl after yep, bowl that's with our fletcher sir spencer and dame delorean uh also had their episode 161 crack of content on the uh I believe that was last night. That sounds lewd. Well, there's your podcast rundown for today. Um, <laughs> let's see. You had some stories to bring up with um, Spider Biden. I, I've got a superhero thing, too. Do you want to hit the Spider Biden thing? And then I'll do my yeah. superhero stuff. No, it's not Spider Biden so much as Spider-Man fighting Joe Biden. <laughs> so Because uh, so Joe Biden is a Marvel villain. Really? Yeah, really. I did not know this. He's so, not a well-known villain, but he is a villain. Spectrum. Spectrum. I've never, His name is Spectrum. Now, I have fought the Spectrum before uh, on several different projects, but uh, I don't think this is the Spectrum you're talking about. What does no. Spider-Man's, uh, the Spider-Man villain Spectrum do? I'm not even sure. It's what, than- I do know, what I do know is that, uh, is that the bits of panel that I saw involving him, I heard Spectrum talking in Joe Biden's voice with his <laughs> cadence and accent and everything. Uh-oh. He's a supervillain from the past? He is a supervillain from of actually I believe it was during 2010 during the Obama presidency. Wow. So wait a minute, they did this knowingly then. This isn't like it's from the 40s or something. Not that Spider-Man goes back that far, but this is no. while Joe Biden was a was a prominent uh, name. Well, well, Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States. Was a household. On name. the other hand, on the other hand, Joe Biden himself has also been in the pages of Spider Man. What? Yes. So this is a, this is this, the villainous Joe Biden who is Spectrum shares names with. Former Vice President, now President Joe Biden. Hmm. So, I don't know, it's some weird alternate universe shit going on. Yeah. Well, I've got some weird crossover of real people showing up in, uh... Oh, just, you got more? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yo, Mr. Invisible, I don't even know your name! It's Joe! Joe Biden! But you can call me Spectrum! Jeez. That is from, that is from a panel in the comic book where... Spectrum comes out. Yeah. Well, I had a... Uh, and there's a green dude. <laughs> Not the Hulk. He's fucking green, and he's looking at his hands like, holy shit, I'm green, what the fuck? Well, green me, baby. <laughs> I actually used, the, I u- actually used like, I trimmed out that dude to be the uh, 
to be the picture for the Snake Girl Semaphore tonight. Oh, is that what that was? Let me, <laughs> That's uh, what that was. Let me take another look at that. Okay, God. Oh, he's the green guy. <laughs> he's not- yeah, and just look look at his expression. Holy shit, I'm green. <laughs> he's not even that green. He's a little green. No, I know. He's he's more teal. He's like, um, he's the color of pistachio ice cream. <laughs> That's what he is. He's blurple. He's <laughs> and uh, he's he's blurple and pistachio, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's green enough to me. <laughs> Gelatos is car blades. <laughs> Serpent. I don't even know your name. My name is, you know, the thing. <laughs> uh, you know the. Uh, I'm gonna. I gotta get him. Uh, you know the guy with the web. Yeah. That guy. You all. You all. Yeah, know that's Spider Man. That Spider Man's a real mean dude. Oh man, I got I got some news about uh, Marvel stuff. I don't know if you've heard this. Yeah. It's about Stan Lee. Did you hear the Stan Lee story? No, but I saw it in your notes, and I am face palming my ass off. Yes, um, because of course they would do this. Those dirty motherfuckers somehow this escaped from my notes a weird thing happens when i i put some notes on my phone and on the computer and sometimes the sync um causes one of them to overwrite the other <laughs> the other's changes so it, i think i got dropped but i got the story anyway um i'll get the the real link to you if you don't still have it but this i is, have it i have it open in front of me right now yeah stan lee returns to marvel studios with genius brands pow entertainment licensing deal this is a hollywood reporter exclusive and this is like everything wrong with hollywood right now this is something that i do not like marvel has signed a 20-year deal with stan lee universe Stanley Universe is a venture between Genius Brands International, just get the name right, and POW Entertainment to license the name and likeness of Lee for use in future films and television productions, as well as Disney theme parks, various quote-unquote experiences and merchandising. And this is so fucking gross. Yeah. Stanley passed away in 2018. It's uh yeah, he's been he's been dead four years and they yeah and they're pretty much making making a making a computer zombie of him so that they can that they can like drive his name and value into the ground for their own profits. Yeah, I, and it's Disney's even the worst one to do this. You know, you, they've done it a couple times with other actors when they did it with, um, was it Peter Cushing and, uh, the star Wars that was like, it wasn't just Peter Cushing. They did it with too. I oh, mean, they, they, Peter Cushing was just like, that was the there. big one, right? That was the one I was most interested in, uh, personally because I, I um, liked him in the mummy, by the way, if you're a Peter Cushing fan, you need to make sure you've watched the original mummy because he plays not the one with Brendan Fraser, the old one. Uh, cause you can see Peter Cushing with a shotgun running around <laughs> shooting shit. It's great. Um, back when he was a much younger man, but this, this thing, I, you just know it's going to be shit. It's going to be garbage and he's going to show up doing cameos and all the other movies. And it, it's, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. I don't have a great logical explanation of why it's bad, but it's uh, certainly something I don't like the sound of. 
Especially, remember, remember that he is—he is not the only one they—they've brought back from—they've brought back from the dead for, for making, for making more Star Wars stuff. They—they—they they, they did that with Carrie Fisher too. Yes, Carrie Fisher also, uh, in in the weirdest way, because she, it was like they, uh, I guess she she it, you could. It almost felt like in the script for that movie. Um, I can't even remember the name of it. It was so bad. Rogue One. No, no. Um, they they de-aged her in that, and then they brought. But she was still alive. And then the next Star Wars movie that came out, um, uh, she had passed away. No, no, the one after that. They um, they had a uh, an out, and it almost felt like the movie was written that that the character Princess Leia or General Leia would would basically die in a, in a certain situation in that movie. And then they kind of faked their way into making it n- not happen. But it f- it's, I don't know, maybe maybe there was someone on the inside saying, you know, uh, we don't want to kill the character that, just because the uh, the actress died, you know. So maybe there was some of that going on. But Last it, Jedi. The Last Jedi, yeah, I think that was what it was called. Yeah. I, I just felt I don't know great, I don't you know? know anything about the sequel trilogy other than other than BB-8 because I thought the whole thing was horseshit from the get go. Yeah, I was happy. Plus, plus I can I continue to have a very very sore and puckered asshole over the whole legends thing. Right on bowl after bowl, uh, Rev Cyber Trucker. Uh, the, this was Bowls with Buds episode 160, uh, which was just this weekend, was talking about the Timothy Zahn books and a bunch of EU uh, books, uh, including like Splinter in the Mind's Eye and all this shit. Uh, so it was great to hear someone who, who could name drop all that stuff. But the uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy, um, he brought up and then there were people coming in. I think it was even Fletcher came in and commented on it. There, Those were just some great books that I just c- completely got shafted by this new stuff, you know? Yeah. Drawn was just a menacing villain. Like he was he was a worthy until he got villain, until he you know? got uh until he got ex machined. Yeah. Well we'll talk about Which, just... no, Well, I mean like the the amazing thing is, right? He had Zon as I said that he had to do that because he saw no other possible way for for like Skywalker and company to win other than a Deus Ex Machina to kill off Thrawn. Yep. And even with he made, that, he made the best most badass Star Wars villain of all time, even like even more badass than uh than I'd say like Vader. Yeah. The reading those books and kind of as you go through and you start realizing, wow, Thrawn, he's kind of a threat. And then you start realizing, wait a minute, he's not just a little threat. This guy's going for the big one. He's he's going to start the, uh, he's going to take the uh, the New Republic out. Uh, and he, and he, not only is he trying to do it, it seems like he can actually do it and it's going to work too. You know, there's, there's this building dread through the whole uh, trilogy that just surpasses when you look at the the villains in the new trilogy you have um you know basically a rehash of you know you have the pseudo darth vader but now he's a whiny i like adam driver but i don't like the character kylo ren very much and then they basically have oh it's palpatine but not you know it's it's stupid you know and they had a actual interesting character 
with, uh, and they, they just threw it out. Come on. Yeah. <sighs> I guess they couldn't afford the blue paint. I don't know. It seems like there's enough of that going around, but anyway. Except um, that they, except that they brought, they brought Thrawn into the so-called canon with, uh, Rebels and other works mm. afterwards, right? Oh, yeah. Was he in Rebels? I think you're yes, right. Yes, he was in Rebels. Oh, I forgot about that. You know, Rebels was the last good Star Wars movie. <laughs> that could be it. Um, I wanted to mention uh, other movies. So that Stan Lee, now that he's um, his ghost is signed uh, along with Disney's ghost to the evil machine, he's only going to parrot whatever they want him to say and do the things that they think are safe for him to do. I think there's uh, that's almost guaranteed. But there was a Stan Lee... I have a trailer that Stan Lee narrated um, for uh, kind of a, a classic movie series. And uh, I, it's not a superhero movie in the classical sense. It's definitely not a Marvel property. But uh, Stan Lee did the voiceover for it. Um, I want to just play the trailer for you and see what you think of it. So this is it. Now... This music might give away what I'm talking about. This is a famous intro, so... Let me take you back. Back to where it all began. To a small town in New Jersey. Our heroes, Warren and Chrissy, saved the day by blowing up the nuclear power plant and the school they're in, eliminating evil and setting things back to normal. Now look, laddie, I want my ultra-cheap foodstuffs in every school in New Jersey at inflated prices. That is the basis of our plan, and you know it. <laughs> Brown-nosing little rich girl late for intramural ping-pong. I love you, Kevin. <laughs> is the, the duck? <laughs> Oh, by the way, Excelsior. And so this is a little trailer that uh, Stanley was in. Uh, this was the Return to Nukem High <laughs> movie trailer by uh, Troma Films. And uh, these are the same I don't guys. Know that one. They, this is the same guys who did the Toxic Avenger, the Killer Condom, ah. Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. And so when you watch the trailer, there's a lot of blood and guts and in, inflating women, I guess. Now, there's a duck. There's a woman who's apparently in love with the duck. There, there's all kinds of weird shit going on in this. And it looks like a fantastic movie. I've not seen Return to Nukem High. But I am a fan of Class of Nukem High, which is the uh, the original, I think it was the 80s or 90s trauma film. Where the the mutants, uh, the, there's a high school that's getting irradiated. Everyone becomes a mutant. And uh, it's... It's just a blood and gore fest and a gross out fest. Uh, it's a fantastic franchise. So I'm going to recommend watching the trailer at least. That's Return to Nukem High is the name of that one. But Return to Nukem High. I don't think the ghost of Stan Lee is going to be doing anything remotely uh, fun. It's going to be rote blockbuster bullshit. He's not going to do this stuff, you know. If what I mean? they apparently, if they even stick him into any films, because the article I just saw mentioned that, like a lot of people are not in the mood for any more of that sort of nonsense. Don't worry, they'll do it anyway. 
That's what they're they right. Do. It's, it's Disney after all. They're gonna do what they want. They don't care. And uh, if you go see it in the theater, people will still applaud, even if it's sacrilege. That's my experience, anyway. Now, Troma is a name that I do recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've mentioned before another of their films yes. on here. Poultry Geist yes. is, I think, my favorite. Uh, my yep, favorite. Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. One day we need to get a rare encounter viewing of this. It is a fan. It is such a fantastic movie. It is surprising. Uh, the first time I watched it, I could not believe that I'd never seen it before and that I hadn't heard of it before. It is so good uh, in terms of a camp like Z movie. Uh, just. It, it has everything you want in a like a crappy movie, and it's a, uh, it's hilarious. It's a musical. It's, it's a parody of everything and and nothing at the same. My time. My uncle you know? who enjoys weird stuff was very happy <laughs> when I gave him a copy of it. It is a great, great. He movie. enjoyed the hell out of it. That was probably a good Halloween. Uh, Oh God, we're getting close to the halfway through the year point here, but we got uh, we got a couple months to go to figure out how to do do one of those streams. Maybe I get the Ship Poster Club guys uh, to let us borrow their infrastructure, or maybe host us or something. They call me Macho Woman. They call me Macho Woman. <laughs> Surf Nazis must die. Yes, that's that's one. They have a lot of good uh, kind of Z movie, B movie kind of things, you know. Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. <laughs> yep. Now, the Toxic Avenger series, I've not only seen the movie, I've also seen uh, a staging of the live musical, which was surprising. Live musical. Yeah, it was um, at a small community theater, but it is it is a full-fledged Toxic Avenger uh, adaptation, and it's great. It's a lot of fun. The only thing is they cut out my favorite line, which was a terrible oh, no. line. Where there's a there's a guy, uh, his so the Toxic Avenger is this mutant, gross, mutated superhero, and he's terrible to look at, and so his girlfriend's blind, and she just thinks he's uh, he's just swell, because uh, despite being a uh, a mutant, he has a very a very uh, suave voice. So the uh, there's a scene where there's a uh, like robbers break into the restaurant that they're in, and they try and rob it, and he goes, "Wow, I've always wanted a cornhole, a blind chick." That's that's what his, that's his line, and it's fucking terrible. But the um, the play cut it out. There's no cornholing here. Oh, that's a shame. No one's gonna have fun tonight. No, and yeah, nobody, nobody's pegging pegging any blind chicks. Not anymore. I've always. Wanted oh, here I, I opened up the I opened up the article the wiki article for Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Let yep. me read this. Let me read this paragraph. The zombies escape after a curious little boy removes the lock to explore the mine, becoming the zombie's first victim. Around this point, a busload of blind orphans become stranded on just on the <laughs> outskirts of town as their ride breaks down. Luckily, their bus driver always keeps an Uzi on the bus for sentimental reasons. Yes! Yes! This is a trauma film. That's... that's yeah. That's almost a hallmark of trauma films. Now that I think about it, is having what, like keep, keeping 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 uh, machine pistols for sentimental reasons. Having children die for for like no reason. 
That's, it's so, it's like, it's terrible, but then they do it and it's, uh, you know, like they had in Toxic Avenger, they had a guy who was running over people in the street. Like they're always drunk driving around town. And so he's, uh, they're, they're keeping scores. Whoa, how much for a kid on a bike? And then he drives over a kid on a bike. 10 points. Woo! <laughs> it's fucking, it's so bad. It's so terrible, but it's hilarious, you know, at the same time. <laughs> they don't make just completely irreverent, like, truly irreverent shit like that uh it's always has to be couched in some stupid liberal bullshit you know toxic avenger yeah. is like you know that tv show drawn together i know of it the, it um it's not good don't worry <laughs> but they had a uh, a movie and in the movie the drawn together it's a fake reality show where basically Big Brother is populated by cartoons, including um, like a gay Superman yeah. and, a, and a Link from the Legend of Zelda. And a, a, I think Ling Ling is the Pokemon uh, character. But anyway. Betty Boop's in there. Betty Boop is in there. They have a Disney princess um, and some other some other characters. They're all, they're all very irreverent and, uh, and uh, yell at each other and say crazy stuff. It's, it's probably an ISO heaven now that you think of it. Uh, but the uh the movie has well drawn together was canceled and all the car they, everyone had to go home but they're trying to get the uh they're trying to get the show back together and they're trying to pitch it but what, here's what they're up against is the the surrogate of south park and they had the uh this character who's drawn in the style of uh or composed in the style of, of like south park cutouts who just says like dirty shit all the time and they say well yeah she gets away with it because there's a moral there's always a moral at the end they try and have a meaning to the show and the all the drawn together guys look at each other and they go what if we don't have a moral what if we're just fucking gross for for, for nothing no other reason you know, and that's sort of their quandary in the uh, in the movie. Anyway, I feel like that's what uh, that's what some of the trauma films are. This like, yeah, but what if there's not a moral? What if it's just gross? And it's you know, if you like that stuff, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I think that is it. what it is. I think that's I think that's the whole idea behind it. But what if we it, don't it, have they're, a moral? They're they're all about producing like B films. Yeah. Lower and than B, do, you know? and do they do a damn good job of it or what? Yes, um, they give the the other one, which I always like to give a shout out to, is the Asylum. They did things like Sharknado, and uh, it's like six or seven of those movies, and Giant Shark versus Mega Octopus, that kind of crap. That's another fun. Uh, they do the monster, the kaiju movies, American kaiju movies. <laughs> <sighs> we'll get some other stuff to talk about. You want to hit a topic, and I'll. I can bring in another one. We can trade oh, yeah. blows. Um, hold on a second. I gotta, I gotta make some notes here. Yeah, my other, my other topic: uh, diversity in video games. Diversity. Diversity. Yeah. So, Activision Blizzard, uh, they own they own King Games, which is these days, which was the company that came up with Candy Crush, mm -hmm. and apparently, in the days since they were purchased, they've been coming up with social justice nonsense, like a tool that can be used to determine just how diverse a video game character is on various axes such as culture, ethnicity, age, ability, body type, gender identity, and sexual orientation. Hmm... So how do you... And so... And so I, I'll shut up. No. And so 
uh, earlier this month, uh, on uh, on Activision Blizzard's website, they posted an article patting themselves on the back for this diversity space tool of theirs. It's calling it a leap forward for inclusion in gaming. And then they started trimming parts out and removing pictures uh, because they were getting ratioed like mad. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm not even sure if the if the oh yeah, it is still up, but it's in very different shape than it used to be. the The title has changed. All the pictures are gone. The banner image has been replaced with the Activision Blizzard logo mm-hmm. on a blue background because, like, well, like if you saw this, like I'm I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the link uh, for the archived version into the into the chat room and like that that uh that hero image for the article is like i mean that says everything you need to know huh yeah yeah it's uh is this ridiculous is this a team fortress 2 chat it's overwatch or something oh whatever it is yeah it's overwatch never mind it's blizzard i get them confused because i don't play them anymore I was trying to make a, a team, team Fortress Two episode one joke, but I couldn't get it out. Uh, also, it was the the wrong company, so I'll shut up. The diverse cast of characters in Call of Duty Vanguard. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just the. Who cares? I don't care if the if the yeah because cast because is in World War because in World War Two there were there were women in the U.S. Army who were who were carrying around machine guns, right? Yeah, it's just they. It's someone's it's, someone's feeling good about this, and I guess good for them. But it's it's not doing anything. For it's me. it's peak retard. Yeah, like there's a there's a level of it like that anime goes to. Like if we're gonna complain about that, well, you know, in Strike Witches, I love to break. I, how do I get Strike Witches in every conversation here? Um, yeah, right. Strike Witches is a World War II thing, and there's only women inside it. And that's kind of part of the show is because it's only pretty girls. The entire thing, that's the only thing you watch. But it's also World War II and history and some other things built in. And uh, so there's a level, like, the, that doesn't bother me at all, obviously. Yeah, but that's, that's my not, favorite that's things. Not, that, yeah, they're not, doing, they're not doing that because social justice. They're doing that because the Japanese are perverts who like to look <laughs> at the pantsu of little girls. Ah, you always bring that up. They're always, they're, they're, they're like high school. <laughs> They're like uh, teens. Some of them are over eighteen. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being a fucking. I'm being a shithead. You what, are. What do you expect? Strike, but witches. I mean, like, you need to watch it. By the other way, thing is, I. You know what? I've I've read some stuff that is like, if it was if it was done by by Americans or Europeans or Canadians, it would be some social justice bullshit. But it, but it's uh, it's approaching, it's approaching the topics you'd expect out of SJWs in a much for much more meaningful and enjoyable way. Some of the like, there's this manga that I've been reading. Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head because I'm not good with uh, reading of like you know decrypting Moon, but uh, it's a it's about. Like it's about a girl who's blind, and the and like this Yankee boy who falls in love with her, and apparently there's another 
another character who is closeted gay and used to be a Yankee because he just couldn't bring himself to tell his parents that he was gay. And But it's all done in a way where, like, the characters feel more or less realistic. It's not like... It's not like jamming your face in like, oh, you have to be, you have to support these people because they're not, they're not what everybody considers normal, rah, 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 purple hair, bullshit, fatties everywhere, right? Yeah. It, it actually approaches it in, in a, these things in a way where it's like, yeah, these are, these, these characters could be real people. They're not caricatures. Like like the like the like rainbow haired freaks of nature you see going all crazy every time something happens in the world. Yeah, it's a it's that, that, that's the thing, right? Somebody who somebody who does not actually exist is literally lines drawn on paper is more realistic than these literal fucking flesh and blood caricatures. That we see in in the real world, like something got fucking flipped there, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe. Anyway, you know. I, I I'm not. I don't want to get. I don't want to get any further on that because I'm just going to end up being like crazy ranty bastard for the rest of the night. Yeah. Somewhere. But yeah, I'm I'm putting this in the show notes so people can look at it, point and laugh. You know, I've never had hair flavored Kool Aid, but it seems like there's a lot of Kool Aid colored hair here, so. I don't know what what it is about that. It's that's a trend that has never been fully explained to me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it's like uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's almost like a subculture, you know. But it's not an acknowledged subculture. Most of the subcultures you think about have some, you know. Whoa, this is the goth subculture, and there's sort of a look to it, and there's sort of an attitude towards it, or even like emo or punk or all these things. There's there's the uh, sort of the signs that you're inside it, the outward visible, uh, I wouldn't want to say plumage, you know, but, you know, there's some way of saying, of identifying yourself there. And these are things with names and they're things where, you know, they're they're obviously identifiable and so there's no problem with identifying it. But something with the, the super colored hair, it's... There's a sociology paper to be written. Um, actually, I wonder if there is. There's got to be one. Um, maybe I'll look into that. Maybe. What I wanna... Meanwhile, while we're on the topic of manga, of manga and stuff, uh, I saw that you put into your show notes something that I posted on my shit poster account. Yes, I did. I was I put it there so yeah. I'd remember to ask you uh, about it. So this is a frequently bought together um, screenshot from yes, Amazon. I can't... Uh, go ahead. I... You, you explain it. Yeah. So I came I came across uh, through the. Through like the suggestions on Amazon, uh, the history of hentai manga, which is a more or less like academic work, despite the fact there's no index in it being like a thick, being like a thick uh, book that is a study of something and no index. That's that's kind of sinful in the in the academic world. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, when I went to look at that, I saw frequently bought together. <laughs> Along with it were two were two hentai manga volumes that were or anthologies that were translated into English. One of them being Titty Parade, yes, and the other being Monster Girls with a Need for Seed. Give me the seed. And I ended up buying all three. Oh God, you did. 
I did. I totally did. So uh, one of these is uh, Kawaru uh, Watashia. Did the monster yes. girls with a need for seed. And that's a now, name I the recognize. Thing is, the thing is, Watashia is not the only artist in it. It is, it is an actual anthology of, uh, of monster girl and one straight up furry uh, story. And it is actually it is actually an omnibus, no less. Yeah. Because Monster Girls with a Need for Seed is a two-volume anthology series, and this translation is actually both volumes combined into one book. Yes. Now, uh, Watashia, I don't know if I want to do the story on here. I, this is something I almost brought up once before, but there was a Seven Seas Entertainment uh, debacle with her once upon a time. Jeez, uh, a long time ago. And uh, they were going to port, let's say, Kodomo no Jenkin was the name of the, the manga. And they just, uh, they canceled that one. They decided not to, <laughs> uh, to publish it. So uh, I think they were getting, I heard of a story where they were going to try and find a way to, license someone else was going to pick up the license from it. Uh, but I haven't heard anything since. Maybe I should look into it. I don't know. Yeah, so I blame I blame Adaman on uh oh what what site is he on? He's on the bag.social okay. for me buying it because after after I like uh, the history of hentai manga, you could actually go through the uh go through a bit of the content, including the entire table of contents on that preview thing that Amazon has for books. And so I ended up screen capping and posting the entire table of contents over on Shitposter. Okay. And he replied he replied to in that thread, I am buying this for purely academic reasons. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. That was the push I needed. I posted after clicking the button to add to cart. Jeez. Oh man. So wait, so you have uh you have some stuff. I've got some stuff. I still have that visual novel, uh, the uh, the one that I'm going to review. I won't bring it up right now, but the uh, we need to find a venue to do that. Uh, maybe a maybe a day on Rare Encounter where we'll actually talk about uh, the anime and stuff we've watched. Perhaps. Maybe, maybe that'll be a good episode. Maybe once in a lifetime we'll actually do that. Ah oh, man. Well, I got a uh, unless there's more to talk about on that. Um, no, that's that's essentially it. I I plan to eventually read through the history of hentai manga and provide a review on the show. But knowing my rate of going through nonfiction works, that could be a while. It makes me think of uh, there was a parody of um, the Fiddler on the Roof that was called Cthulhu on the on the Roof. And the opening <laughs> song for that, where there's a Cthulhu, how does he stay up there? Tentacles, tentacles, dun, dun, tentacles, you know, is this song. And it makes me, <laughs> your book makes me think of that. Tentacles, tentacles. I presume there's tentacles. I see them on the cover, at least. Man, Serpent, I wish there were, I wish there was a field of hentai studies where you could get a PhD. <laughs> you could get a... P that would be, that would be a much more interesting world than the one we're living in. I have a PhD, a pretty hard dick. Oh! <laughs> you know what that deserves. Yay! All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> 
you left you left it open for me. Um, yeah. Well, while we're while we're while we're this far into the gutter, you need to talk about these panties. <sighs> so we got some pantsu. FDA approves scented pantsu to protect against STI during oral sex. Is the uh, the headline from Vice? I did not link the Vice article on purpose because I don't like the I don't like Vice, but I stole their uh, at least a fraction of their headline for this. Um. So this is a. Uh, a story where they approved a vanilla, apparently vanilla scented pair of uh, undergarments uh, that uh, one can wear during uh, certain activities that would prevent uh, gross diseases from being spread uh, between the participants. <laughs> okay, that's all the story is. No, from, uh, from her vag to your mouth. Yes. The uh, thing that I linked in, uh, which I thought was actually interesting, so there's all these shitty articles about it. They don't actually talk about what's going on here. And I thought it was interesting to pull the FDA.gov. Um, there's a PDF on that site which lists the kind of testing that they do. And I was just a little surprised to see that there's actually ISO standards for testing of... Uh, contraceptive devices and things that have to do with preventing uh, the spread of disease from gross people bumping together. The, I don't know, I was, I just thought it was interesting and I wanted to read off, you know, some of the standards that they had uh, mentioned on page two, if I get the table up here, um, let's see, there's a comparison of the I'm looking at page and, three and I see in there. Oh yeah, summary uh, of both both a both an ISO standard and an ASTM standard. Yeah, they have a list of the the following tests that were performed according to this ISO standard. And they had mechanical testing standards at that. Yes. They have dimensional testing. So these these are uh, panties that were dimensionally tested. I think they list the size uh, that they actually had tested somewhere in here. I saw it and I, I can't find. Oh, here we go. The gusset width is 163 millimeters, uh, 188 millimeters or 213. So I guess they had three different pairs they tested. They had a gusset height, a thickness of uh, 0.07 millimeters. Interesting. Uh, waistband width and some other things, uh, different clothing parameters. These aren't just small, medium, large, honey. They're finely detailed uh, undergarments. <laughs> well measured, I guess. I mean, they really got that measuring tape in there, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so they had dimensional testing, tensile strength testing, and elong elongation at break. So this is like... You know, the YouTube channel where they, uh, there's one where they have a hydraulic press and they uh, slam stuff. There's, I think there's another one where they stretch stuff. And so this is the kind of test where they, they test it and it breaks in slow motion. And you can see the seam tear and they measure how much force it took to pull it apart before it snapped, right? Um, tear resistance and tearing force. I'm going to read the last one, which is packaging integrity testing. And I just, I'm going to jump back to say this is the one I thought had an interesting game. Freedom from holes and visual defects. Bazing. Yay! <laughs> so, you don't want any. You don't want any holes or visual defects uh, in your basically condom panties. I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. something like I, made of I have to read. I have to read this. This standard number and name. ISO twenty nine nine forty two twenty eleven. Prophylactic dams, requirements, and test methods. Yes. Now, I was a little underwhelmed with their test method. 
you know, I thought maybe there'd be something more involved, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean? If you're going to test it, there's a, way, there's a way you could do that, you know, right? But, uh, I don't know. Well, was... you, know you know what I'm now imagining? Because of you? Two anatomically correct crash test dummies <laughs> on, which, on which these devices have been placed. Fired from air cannons at each other. <laughs> no, no, no. Manipu manipulated by scientists in their white lab coats to see, like, what would happen. They, they had to get Andy Circus in to do the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, we found it. We found it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, speaking of diseases, I've got a complaint about a disease. This is a bad uh -oh. one. This is monkeypox. Ook! Monkeypox was contracted by a guy who went to Canada. He caught monkeypox and brought it back to the U.S. And it's the first confirmed case of monkeypox infection on Wednesday. Today is Wednesday. This year. Uh, well, it actually says... The first case of monkeypox infection on Wednesday, so maybe there could have been other ones. It's just the first one on Wednesday, so hmm, there's a little uh, hmm. wiggle room there. It's not yet clear if the man who lives in Massachusetts and who traveled to Canada by car is connected with the growing outbreak of monkeypox cases in Europe. I didn't know there were monkeypox cases in Europe. I thought they were Neither in, like, did I. I now, now I remember, I remember with smallpox... They found that they found that uh, milkmaids wouldn't get smallpox because they would have already gotten cowpox from their work milking the cows, and that would give them protection against smallpox. And in fact, that's how the first vaccine came about was because of varicola, the 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 cowpox, right, being isolated and stuck in people hmm. and then uh, i believe that's also how vaccines got its name because uh the the vac part is like related to vash for cow mm. now the question i've got is <laughs> no is wait, if monkeypox if monkeypox is a problem if people start milking chimps or orangutans, would that uh, would that give them immunity against monkeypox? You gotta milk that chimp, baby. Milking chimps, yep. Milking chimps. No, I just had put together for the first time in my life that Vash the Stampede, the meaning of his name. I just got it. Vash the Stampede. No, that's that's V A S H. But Vash for cows is V A C H E, if I'm not mistaken. It doesn't. It's written in Japanese. I uh, I I understand what they're putting down. Even no, if you, no, even if what, you don't now, acknowledge if you had it. Said, if you had said, now you understand Feshle Vash from uh, from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That would make more sense uh, because. That was that was the g French guy saying to the other French guys in the castle, "Get the cow, yes, so they could launch it at Arthur and his knights." Yes, I thought in your general direction. Oh, your father was a hamster, and your mother, hamster and your mother smelt of elderberries. <laughs> now go. go away before I taunt you a second time. It's a classic movie. 
It is. Oh, man. We've done some monkey stories. They just did a quick look of monkey on my uh, notes. In fact, you know what? Lone Wolf over in the chat wonders if the monkey pox perhaps came from that uh, transport with the monkeys that tipped over. Right. Um, That was, I believe, our... Oh, geez. I don't remember what episode that we was. We did discuss it. We yeah, discussed it we and did we did discuss that on a past episode. That was where the uh, the truck had tipped over in the crates. This woman thought there were cats inside there, right? But there were really monkeys. And she put her yeah. finger in the cage and it was like, what's one of a bit or something or something like that? And uh, we had a, a bit about like ape escape. But yeah, we were tracking that and they, they kept interviewing her and they said she got sick and they treated her for rabies. And it was never clear where the monkeys were supposed, well, we know where they were going from. They were imported and they were getting transitioned to a lab for research. And, you know, the way these things go is as soon as there's a public um, intrigue into it, they'll never acknowledge where it was supposed to go. They just shut up because they don't want to taint taint the uh the reputation of the lab or the research no one wants to be uh no one wants to be in part of the uh the uh the spectacle you know what i mean so that one got yeah. killed that that's how things get squashed in the news they get out of the news uh we also had that story Here it is i found it i found the episode episode 82 lasagna sexual <laughs> lasagna sexual there we go um oh yeah we had a bunch of stuff in there we had the monkeys we got the monkey news Ape Escape, the the Florida Monkey Colony. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, man. We cover so much weird shit on here, I always forget. Let me see if I have those monkey clips. Because 82, here we go, News Watch interview. Here's the, here's the best clip from it. If you encounter a monkey, you're asked to call 911. There we go. <laughs> I yep. can find it. Oh, my God, that was great. We had uh, oh, Tom Starkweather. Interesting. Yeah. We also covered a story for monkeys that it's coming up in my search. We covered that Elon Musk monkey torture story. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I believe, load of love. Yeah. Elon Musk monkey death. A complaint was filed with the USDA. Um, Yeah, Elon lied, monkeys died. Elon lied, monkeys died. The Neuralink chips were implanted by drilling holes into monkeys' skulls. The monkeys uh, had to be euthanized um, because they were doing things like pulling off their fingers and toes. There was self-mutilation occurring from unspecified trauma. Now, I... I'm just going to take a wild because, guess. Because because the chips kept putting voices in their head that they couldn't silence. They were playing Rare Encounter through them. That would drive any monkey to suicide. Yes. Poor, poor little chimps. Poor little chimps. Well, I think it's time we, uh, we try and wrap this baby up. Do we got some final things to do? You posted some, uh, you posted some video in... In your notes, if you want to bring that up. Okay. Uh, let me pop that open here and get back to today. The v- video that I was going to talk about was... I don't know. I don't want to talk about Drone food that. delivery. I don't no, want to play the video. Um, th- let's skip that topic. It's not interesting. Okay. The there's there's something that there's something that we need to discuss when it happens. Um, Neck... This month or next month? It's the end of this month. The world, po- the end of this month. The World Potato Congress. Yeah. So, which apparently is for the first time ever being held in Ireland. So this is how it was never held in Ireland before. Uh, that that's amazing. 
They're going to have over a thousand delegates and 60 guest speakers. Uh, this is being held on May 30th, I believe, if I remember the news right. Um, the WPC, World Potato Congress, is going to be the mecca of the potato industry. And we're expecting a lot of interesting potato news coming up. And so in the next, um, maybe maybe June is going to be a really potato-heavy month as these stories come rolling in. The topics discussed are the role of the potato in a changing world. The impact of the war in Ukraine on the global potato industry. Potato research in sustainability. And consumer trends in fresh produce. And there's a last line in here I wanted to ask you about, because I don't know who this is. But they say there's going to be a presentation either. from a Canadian motivational speaker. And have you ever heard of this motivational speaker, Chris Koch? No, I have not. Hmm, neither have I. There, there are plenty of... Uh motivational speakers in this country and in yours and i mean anybody anybody who has some story to tell and can stand on a stage and fill a room with people while he waffles on about how people can improve their lives can be can call themselves a motivational speaker it is not a high bar but this is one who's talking about potatoes though are you sure he's going to talk about potatoes as a motivational speaker? No, maybe at most he will talk about the potato within you. The potato within. That's what you have to open that inner eye. All of them. <laughs> okay. With that, we have some uh, we have some good ideas for show titles, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. Uh, I don't think we have any. Well, we do have some stuff from the live boost. Uh, do you want to do those and wrap it up? Yeah, we got uh, we got three live boosts during the show. Mm. And we'll, we'll read them out in order. The first one we got from Carolyn Blaney, sixty nine sixty nine Sats, with the with the message: hair dyes going directly into the brain. Just a hypothesis. <laughs> uh, that that could be it. That could that could explain the that could explain the rainbow hairs all being crazy. <laughs> then we got another one from Carolyn, this time 1111 sats, and she says in all caps, a need for seed. Need for seed. Give me your seed, please. Insert seed. And yeah, and finally, thanks to our hentai talk, we got 8008 sats from Sir Spencer, the boob sats. And he says, boob boost for the tits parade. Boob boost. Yes. Boob. Well, thank you, Sir Spencer boost. and Carolyn, who's a great supporter as always. Uh, the uh, only way to get a boostagram on the show and get read, get your message read, is to boost during the show. We have a live tag, and if you use a new podcasting app or a nude podcasting app, that is capable of sending That's my favorite. You have to uh, you have to send us a boost. Send us a boostagram, and uh, if it's during the show, we will read it at the end of the show. The only way to get at the end of the show is to uh, boost during the show. Um, if you boost yep. uh, the episode, the most recent episode, you'll also show up at the next episode. Uh, the only way to show up at the beginning of the show is to boost between shows, and we read both. It doesn't matter when it comes in. We're going to get you on the air one way or another. It just depends on which segment. The front, You're on the front porch or the back porch. Uh, it just depends on your choice. Um, so mm, we also back porch. <laughs> we got Rary, 
rest of our stuff is at rareencounter.net. You can uh, go there and find our chat room. We have hashtag rareencounter, uh, IRC chat on irc.zeronode.net. Uh, we have an RSS feed and a link to our live stream. We go live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, where we try and entertain you and make you laugh a little bit. Um, and uh, the show is, of course, value for value. We don't charge you anything to listen. And we we put it out there all the time in the hope that someone finds <laughs> some joy in listening to us talk. Uh, and if you did, you can always send uh, some uh, some stats back to us. I believe we also have a PayPal. That's on rareencounter.net if you uh, if you feel inclined yeah. to. At, the, uh, at this time, at this time, we check the PayPal once a month because almost nobody ever sends in by PayPal anymore. And the the popularity of this boostograms and the sat streaming is off the chart we always get boostograms we always get people coming in uh, to say hi or just comment or say something uh, silly or serious yeah, it because, doesn't matter be, because people because people love to get their say in on the show itself and best way to do that is boost boost, boost. baby i stepped on that boost baby well, boost. i think that's i think that does it for me does it do it for you yep. too it scratch that itch? Oh, it totally did for me. I've got the cigarette lit already and everything. <laughs> yeah, careful with that in bed. You know, you don't want to set the place on fire. All right. I don't want to set the world on fire either. Well, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Stay fruity, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down, honey, and died. Oh, I had a good woman. But she laid down and died. Don't you know him?